All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, June 28th of 2023 here. Looking ahead, we have a 13-game MLB slate, uh, main slate later today. We had a couple early games here with the Minnesota-Atlanta showdown, and then we also have the Washington-Seattle showdown coming up here. So a couple good showdown contests for you as well. And then we also have PGA teeing off tomorrow. So should be a couple, fun couple days here of DFS. Uh, you know, got to love those uh, all-day sweats here. You know, get to sweat some contests uh, live throughout the day. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do. But for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. Questions can come in via support. You can reach us at support at SaberSim.com. Questions can come in live in the YouTube chat. Questions can also come in in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord, there is a link in the description below to get joined up. Highly recommend it. As always, uh, get access to all the individual sport channels where the rest of the SaberSim team and other members of the community are in there talking strategy each and every day. We have a lot of sharp users in the community who are always uh, involved in the conversation, so nice to get their feedback as well. You get access to our similar channels, see when lineups are released, when Sims run for that updated news, when players get scratched, uh, etc. So a lot of good reasons to be in the Discord. But with that being said, going to get the app pulled up here. Uh, have a couple questions here in the Discord. Uh, gonna knock. Uh, gonna work our way through those here, and then uh, one question in the YouTube chat to get started. But if anybody has any questions, now is always a great time to get those in. So gonna start with our first question here. Came in in the Discord. Question says, when it comes to reading the player graphs, how do you know what the bars represent with no number value under them? Uh, so good question here. So. What we were talking about is the players' uh, range of outcomes across the Sims here. So if I were to click on any player for today's slate, I'm going to click on Blake Snell. Uh, you're going to see his range of outcomes, right? And uh, there there are demarcations here. You know, it says like 0, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. Uh, so you can make some inferences about what exactly, you know, this, this bucket is in this range here. Um, so if I were to look at Blake Snell and then look at his outcome between like 30 uh, around 30 here you know it's not perfect but i could say this is probably somewhere from like 29 to 32 uh you know this middle one is probably somewhere from like 33 to like 36 and then this this last one here is somewhere around like 37 to 40 so it's not perfect here but this this is really to just give you a visualization of of what the players range of outcomes look like here uh we do have these you know 10 fantasy point demarcations, so don't miss those. Uh, but you're not going to be able to know, you know, exactly the range here. It's not going to have, like, ticks of one, unfortunately. But good question, Tiana, started. Definitely worth bringing that up. And next question here from Shiposki. Question says, uh, I would like to build WNBA lineups. Do you have WNBA anywhere on your site? Uh, so at the moment, we are not supporting WNBA. I believe uh, there's been some discussion about at least getting it as a sport up on the site where users can upload their own projections and ownership and build lineups. So uh, has been some discussion about that. You know, the more you guys ask about these things, the uh, 
more I can take it back to the team and just let users know that there is a uh, want or desire for these things in the app here. So I'm going to uh, make a note for myself, WNBA uh, slate support here. That way users can uh, play that. So I will take that back to the team as a feature request, but any feature requests that come in on this show are, uh, you know, this is a great, great time to bring them up and I can take it back to the team. All right, next question here from Hona Peanut. This question says, is there a difference in EV or quality of lineups if you X out players pre-build as opposed to post-build in PGA? Also, do you feel setting in GeoMean is necessary to avoid dupes in PGA? Uh, so perfect day to talk about PGA. You know, I'm going to be building PGA lineups myself today. It's it's the uh, it's that day of the week, right? And uh, I'm on the West Coast, so, you know, slates start really early for me, 3.45 a.m. here. But uh, looking ahead to PGA, right? couple of things here. Uh, I want to start with the uh, first one and just kind of how this works. Um, so to, to answer the question, I don't think it's a huge deal to more, to X out players that you know you don't want to play in the home screen. I think that, you know, what you're doing is you are just, you know, curating your player pool here. And I think that's ultimately going to just give you more of the lineups that you want to see in the post build here. Um, the way that works though, in the sim is that although you X this player out, let's say that we we uh, X out Tom Kim, right? We're like, hey, we don't really want to play lineups with Tom Kim. This doesn't affect the, him being in lineups in the Sims. Uh, so what happens is we're going to simulate the tournament, you know, um, however many times for your Sim diversity. We're going to build your lineup. Uh, basically, when we get to the lineup building phase, if if we get to a lineup where Tom Kim is in the lineup, we are going to check that and say, hey, you know, Tom Kim cannot be in this lineup. The uh, he was he was removed from the player pool in the home screen, so you know he cannot be in in the player pool in the post build. So then we will go and find uh, the next best iteration of that lineup to to give you instead of the one with Tom Kim. So uh, that is how it affects it as far as the lineups that are being built here. Uh, you know, you're not getting to the lineup that the builder wanted to give you, but you weren't going to play this lineup anyways is kind of my point because you uh, feel a certain way about this player. So it's, it's better to like not even see that lineup in the post build, in my opinion here. Uh, the only time I don't love doing this is when you are playing a, a contest type where you are going to need the optimal lineup to win here because then you're affecting your optimal lineup. So this kind of takes us right into your second question here, which is, you know, do you feel setting a geo mean is necessary to avoid dupes in PGA? And my answer to that is no. And my reasoning for that is because you have to look at two things. You have to look at player pool size, and you have to look at ownerships here. So I've, I've actually been been talking uh, to Jordan a little bit about making a video about this because I think that, you know, PGA is this six-player lineup format, but it is so different from MMA, from PGA, um, from, from, you know, NFL showdown, MLB showdown, NBA showdown, uh, just because of the sheer volume of golfers. And then you have the cut and all these things uh, in, in involved in it, right? So this PGA just plays so differently here. I think one of the easiest ways to see that is, is first by ownership here. You know, when you're playing NBA showdown, like if you were playing during the NBA finals, uh, 
you're going to see guys very high owned, right? Like 60% owned, 70% owned, you know, Nikola Jokic probably gets to 80, 90%, right? Uh, the highest ownership here for any golf, one golfer is 25%. And then you have this vast array of golfers under 10% here, like a lot of golfers under 10%, under, under 5% for that matter here, right? And this just leads to having so many more unique lineups naturally here. So I, I've never played, you know, PGA contests where I'm seeing like a 50 way chop for first place. And I think that, you know, PGA, you might have some dupes, but it's usually under 10. And those are like, even for the, the chalkiest lineups in the field here. Uh, so I don't, I don't use a Geomean rule when I play PGA and I don't think you really need one. The only time I would maybe consider it is a weekend showdown. If you're playing like round three or round four, but that's specifically because the player pool has shrunk after the cut, right? So you go from this 150 field uh, of golfers, you know, maybe there's 70 golfers after the cut, you know, if there's, you know, there's always a lot of ties and a certain amount of golfers get through to the weekend. So, so as a player pool shrinks and, you know, now you have 70 golfers, okay, you know, maybe you need to, maybe it's worth considering at that point, right? So uh, one thing that you could always do is just do the Geomean formula and then see what's happening, right? So maybe you just want to uh, check, check what's going on. So I'm going to, you know, do my build and I'm going to do a Geomean filter and I'm going to do... 20 dupes divided by the number of entries in my contest to the power of one divided by the number of players in the lineup, which is six here. Figure out what that geo mean value is. Uh, just apply it as, as a filter or see what it looks like and then go from there. But uh, you can only do that if you are on the pro plan here. I know not everybody is on the pro plan. Uh, so you, if you wanted to set the rule, just as a safety precaution, you know, you could set it, but in PGA in general, I'm not uh, optimizing like, or, or I'm not doing some geo mean step. The way I like to talk about duplication is don't adjust your lineups for duplication until the problem of duplication, like smacks you in the face. So unless you win a contest and you are duped, you know, 50 times or, you know, 30 times or however many times, I'm not worrying about duplication until that point happens, especially for me here. So those are my thoughts on uh, duplication and geomean in PGA. So let me know if there's any follow-up there. Next question here from Black Spurs. Question says, what is the best stack size for Yahoo MLB? Uh, so this is kind of like another question I've, I've been seeing a little bit here. And, you know, the, the way that I've been telling people that they should do this. So let's let's even go over to Yahoo here. Uh, the builder can answer this question for you in a way, right? You just have to kind of know what you're looking for, what you are trying to find. So I'm going to run a build, you know, 20 max, 110K uh, to 50K entries here. Default settings, no adjustments here in the home screen to stack size, no rules, no nothing, right? And I'm just going to run this build and I'm going to run this build with the intention of getting some information from Sabersim prior to running my final build where I want to actually build my lineups. I think that, you know, you can gain information from this process ultimately here. So going to run this build. Lineups are finishing up now. 
And where I'm going to go to get this information is the stack types tab. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort by pool size here. So on Yahoo, uh, differently from DraftKings, you can uh, stack up to six players from the same team here. And what you can do is by sorting by this stack types tab, you're looking at the stack types that are coming up most frequently across all of the lineups that we built for you here. I think that this is a good indication as to what the builder thinks are the best stack types for this slate here. So if, if I want to know, hey, what are the best types for this slate, I'm going to come into this. I'm going to run a build, come into the stack types, sort descending by pool, and I see that six stacks are about 35%, six twos are about 30%, and then no other stack is more than 10% here. That doesn't mean you shouldn't play any other stack, right? So one interesting caveat from here is that in our top 20 lineups, uh, we have a 4-4 stack, which is only in 2.6% of our pool. But the builder is saying, hey, there is a 4-4 stack that we found for this slate that we believe to be a high EV lineup here, uh, worthy of being in the top 20 out of these 647 lineups that we built here. So you know, point is don't neglect all these other stacks just because their pool percent is lower, but the pool percentage can give you an idea of what some of the best stack types in general are for this slate. So that is how I would approach it. And then that is how I would interpret the information on the other end here. All right. Next question in the office hour channel. Question says, hey, Andrew, how do I get my columns to stay where I've sorted them when clicking through different positions slash pages? Is there a way I can save my sorted columns for all slates? So this is a good question. I know this is like super annoying and I really apologize for it. Uh, what can happen if for those of you like who aren't aware, if you are on the home screen and you, you know, say I want to see my pitches uh, over here next to salary, I want to, you know, Maybe, maybe I really care about some other thing over here, like hits. I want to see hits and I want to move it. Uh, if you move a bunch of columns around and try and get them the way you want, sometimes, you know, going from a build back to the home screen or, re or updating your projections or, you know, switching to another site uh, can cause this to, to shift back to default here. So what happens is, is it'll sometimes just automatically go back to default here. Uh, it shouldn't do that. And we are working on an update that is going to address that here, I believe. So I apologize for that inconvenience. In the meantime, we are aware of it. And I think that, you know, we, we are working on some updates to the app that should address that and, and cause that to stop happening here. So I apologize in the meantime, AJ, uh, but look for some updates to fix that in the near future. All right. This is our last question here in the office hours channel and then we will be jumping over to the youtube chat so see people are starting to roll in here hello everybody happy wednesday if you guys have any questions something on your mind now is a great time to get that in but question from dante said if i force a certain mlb stack and lower the default sliders for correlation what exactly is that doing to my lineups seeing as i am already forcing a correlation i want okay good question here uh so i am going to Go back to the DK main slate here and talk about this a little bit. So, so what? So, to understand what correlation does, right? So, first important 
thing to me is what does the correlation slider ultimately do here? And what correlation slider is doing, especially for batters specifically here, is from running all of our sims, we understand how well other players play when um, when another player like does well, right? So, so how is Jason Hayward performing uh, compared when when Mookie Betts is performing well, right? And what we're saying is like, hey, when when Mookie Betts does good, you know, Jason Hayward also does good. Will Smith also does good. Freddie Freeman also does good. And then when Mookie Betts does good, Kyle Freeland does really bad. And, you know, that's the starting pitcher on the other end. So that makes a lot of sense here, right? So what Correlation Slider is doing is it is amplifying the effect that this is having when we're building your lineups to give you stacks. And what it does is uh, we use what we call upside correlation when we build your lineups. So what you see here when you're looking at these correlation coefficients is how players do on average here. But we don't really care how Jason Hayward does when Mookie Betts has, you know, his highest likely outcome of zero points, which happens about 18% of the time. We care how Jason Hayward does or or who is most correlated to Mookie Betts, rather, when Mookie Betts is having these outcomes that are, you know, 75th percentile, 85th percentile, 95th percentile, 99th percentile, you know, who is most correlated to Mookie Betts at his top range of outcomes because it is that version of Mookie Betts that is going to get into your lineup, right? Um, if Mookie Betts scores zero points, you know, the builder is not going to put him in your lineup. He's going to put some other combination of players, you know, maybe another team gets in that lineup, et cetera here, right? So one, we are using upside correlation when building your lineups. And then, uh, you know, we also understand how players correlate to other players in their game on average here. So if you lower correlation, that is going to uh, lower the overall effect that that um, that that upside correlation has when constructing your lineups here. But if you are forcing a stack type, right? Maybe you're coming into stack types saying, "Hey, I only want to play a five stack." Uh, one, you you are accounting for the correlation here, but two, I don't think that you know this is a necessary step with with the way correlation is. So correlation is already so high that when you run this build, you're going to get so many five stacks naturally here. But I think what you lose a little bit of is some of the nuance of the stacks that are generated here. So, you know, what I'm trying to get at is like, um, which which I'm, I'm not 100% sure that this happens, but what, what I could see happening, right, is that you... There, there might be these upside correlations that we might not understand or pick up on where, you know, Mookie Betts might be in a lineup that is stacked, like, quote-unquote, like, awkwardly here. It's not this, like, uh, clean, you know, one, two, three, four, five stack or one, two, three, five, six stack. But but because of the sims and because of the correlation, you can get to these um, odd-looking stacks that might be good for especially such a chalky team as the Dodgers here. And, you know, I just ran this build on default. You know, I'm getting all these five stacks, right? I have 19 out of my top 20 lineups have a five stack. And then a large percent of my pool is five stacked with these teams here. So 36% five twos, 36% five threes, about 14% five one one ones here. And then a big drop off for no other stack under 7% here or above 7% here, right? So, 
I don't think you need to force five stacks is, is kind of my point here. And I think that the builder does a great job of getting to those naturally here. Um, what you're doing by lowering correlation and forcing a stack type, you're getting to like the same conclusion, just a different road, right? I think that, you know, there's, there's more than one way, like uh, th there's always more than one path to victory, right? There are a bunch of winning DFS players that come at DFS from a lot of different lenses and, you know, not everybody is traveling the same road, but but there are winners on other roads, right? So I think it's okay to lower correlation and force stack types here. I don't think you need to do it. And then also, I think that it's probably okay to just force the stack types and leave correlation where it is. Um, I could see the reasoning, you know, like, hey, I'm I'm forcing the stacks that I want. Um, so, you know, I I think that I should lower correlation, I think that's I think that's okay, but I don't think that it's a must or or extremely necessary for MLB specifically here. So those are my thoughts. Uh, if there's any pushback on that, I'm okay talking about that further here. Uh, but but th those are my initial impressions on correlations and stack types in in MLB here. All right. Uh, question from Big Dog. Big Dog said, I had Vargas in my lineups when he went to not starting and never updated on SaberSim. Is that a bug? Uh, so I apologize, you know, for, for any issues that you had here, Big Dog. Um, I don't know exactly what situation we're referring to, uh, who Vargas was. One thing that I will caution you guys against is that if you guys are using custom projections, uh, we will never override your custom projections, right? So let's say that I, I am... Um, uploading custom projections or even adjusting projections, right? For, for pitchers here, I'm, I'm moving them up and down. If an update comes out and Blake Snell, you know, gets, gets ruled out, uh, we are not going to overwrite your custom projection here. And the reason for that is because we don't want to undo any of the work that you've done here. So one thing that I suggest that people do who are updating projections, you know, using custom projections is that once the slate locks, especially for, for MLB here, you know, a lot of the times all of the lineups are going to be out prior to lock, just come in here and reset your custom projections. And basically at this point you're saying like, Hey, all of my lineups are done. Now the only thing I'm concerned about is players getting ruled out. And if you reset your custom projections, if Blake Snell now gets ruled out the Saberson projection is going to be updated. And then this, my projection column will move to zero. And then your red lightning bolt will be activated under that uh, circumstance here. So just, just remember that if you guys are using custom projections, we're never going to overwrite them because we never want to overrule you here. But that is one of the drawbacks of having custom projections uh, post build is that you might not get the update that a player has been ruled out. So not sure if, if that's what happened here. Um, if you guys ever run into what you feel is like a bug and you want uh, to, you know, have somebody look into it further, what you guys can do is go to settings in the top right, use this report a problem link, and then just give us a brief description. Say, you know, Vargas was out, but... Um, SS didn't tell me. And then this will give us a lot of detailed information about your session here. We can go into it and look into it further. Uh, our, our support team, you know, tries to get back to you guys really quickly here and we can figure out what went wrong. And then if there's an issue on our end, we will fix it. But that is the best way 
to get some feedback as to what you believe may or may not have been a bug. Just send it in and the support team will let you know what happened. All right, question from FE. FE said, I watched the PGA build from Jordan. Is there anything else you can add or suggest to help with putting together competitive lineups? Um, so haven't seen the video from Jordan in, in a little bit here, but I know that Jordan's process is pretty sound here. Uh, what I would say is that, you know, sometimes less is more with Sabersim here. Uh, and, and, and I think that, you know, that point cannot be stressed enough sometimes Sometimes, you know, you feel like, like, Hey, you know, you're coming from another optimizer where you have to set all these groups and all these rules and, and, you know, it's taking you a long time. And sometimes, you know, you feel like the long, the more work you put into it, the better it's going to be. Uh, sometimes it can be a little opposite with Sabersim, you know, sometimes the, the more constraints you put on it, you can actually be, uh, getting away from some of the lineups that the builder wants to give you naturally here. So, I would say, you know, do the things that that you feel add the most value. And some of those things that are kind of on the on the edge, on the fringe here, uh, may or may not be adding value. I, I would I would leave those out for the time being and then see, you know, what type of lineups you're getting. Are are you know, are you happy with the lineups that you're getting on the other side here? And I would leave those things out, right? So I try to keep my processes pretty condensed here. I'm not trying to do uh, a ton here. I'm not trying to spend a lot of time. You know, we say that, you know, our builder here saves you a lot of time in the lineup building process and still gives you lineups that are very competitive here. And, and I truly believe that. So um, I, I probably wouldn't have much to add here beyond what Jordan reviewed here. But if you have like very specific questions, happy to address those as they come in. All right, this is our last question at the moment uh, here from Danny. So if anybody has any last questions, now is a great time to get those in. But Danny said, "How should I adjust my sliders to get a sense of how the field will be playing? How do I do? How how do I build a research build uh, for MLB DraftKings?" So great question here, Danny. So if you want to know what the field is going to be playing, uh, the best way to do that is to build a cash build, and or you can even do GPP on zero zero sliders. So move your sliders to zero zero. What zero zero sliders is going to do is it is going to use the average projections as the projection that the builder looks at when building your lineups. So this is the best way to, to mimic a traditional optimizer that is optimizing based on projected points here. And then, so I would change my sliders to zero zero. I would run a build. And then what I would do in the post build here is I would change the sorting metric from Sabre score to projected score. So you can click on this option drop down here. Uh, these are all your Sabre scores. You're not going to need those. Change it to projected score. And then, so one, you built lineups using average projections. And then two, now you are looking at lineups from the highest projection uh, descending here, right? So this is going to most closely mimic what other optimizers are going to give their users here. So great question. That is how I would go about doing that. And then secondly, it says, how do I build a research build? So what, what we consider a research build here is something that is a build that uses 0.9 sliders or 0.10 sliders. And basically what you're trying to do is you are trying to turn off the effects of correlation and just look at how players do uh, within the Sims, within a small bucket of Sims here. So a 0.10 build was what we would call you know, doing a research build to try and find 
the optimal plays, but in, in MLB in these large slates, you're never going to need the optimal lineup to win here. So what we instead uh, suggest for these large classic slates is a zero nine build where you are taking small subsets of slate simulations and seeing how players did across those uh, sets here. And, and the reasoning for this is that you might have a player who is, you know, generally a bad play, on average here, but they have these uh, outlier sims where they do really well. And so they can sneak into your lineups at those zero 10 settings here. And, and that might not be indicative of how well that they're going to play on average here. So using zero nine, you know, a player might have one really good sim, but they still have to do well enough in the other sims. You know, let's say we're taking five slate simulations here. They still have to do well enough in those other four slate simulations to get into your lineup. So taking these zero running a zero nine build gives you a little bit more player pool curation almost, uh, even in your research build. So that's why I like zero nine here. So it's basically running a zero nine build, getting into the post build here after that lineup has been, uh, after that build has been finished and then looking at your lineups, uh, all of the lineups in your pool. So if my pool is 533 lineups, I'm going to change my number of lineups at the top in the box here to match my pool. And then looking at the exposures here and looking at, you know, what the positive and negative leverages are, you know, where can you take a stand looking at teams, uh, stack pool exposures, looking at stack type pool exposures, you know, on a player level, my favorite place to look is like for pitchers specifically here, uh, where are pitchers that may be under-owned or over-owned, right? And for me, you know, that's that's Christian Javier is like our highest positive leverage play. Uh, really interesting, Michael Grove is a positive leverage play for us. You know, pitching in Coors going to be very uh, – people are not going to want to play him in Coors, right? Prob- people are probably staying away from Coors pitchers here, but he's really interesting. So uh, looking at positive-negative leverages, you know, looking at – who we think are the worst plays on the slate, the best plays on the slate, looking at all of our lineups is, is what I am trying to gather from a research build here. But good question, Danny. Uh, all right, we are all caught up with questions at the moment here, but while I wait for any last questions to come in, just want to remind you guys, if you guys are not playing over on Owner's Box, highly recommend taking advantage of it. We started a partnership with Owner's Box at the beginning of the MLB season here, being the first major optimizer to support them. They are a smaller up-and-coming DFS site, but they are gaining traction, and we have been very happy with the partnership to date. So by playing over on Owner's Box, you can capitalize on overlaid contests. A lot of the contests overlay frequently, have contests where they are paying you to play. They have reduced rake or they have no rake at times. Uh, The competition on Owner's Box, the uh, player user population there is generally softer than what you're going to find on DraftKings, FanDuel, or Yahoo. When you use promo code Saber or SaberSim, when you sign up, get a $500 deposit bonus and we will track your entry fees for you. And you can earn free months of SaberSim just by playing on the site. Each time you hit one of our entry fee thresholds, we will ask you if you want to cash in on that uh, free month. If you do, we will reset your tracking to zero and then you will automatically uh, we will automatically restart tracking towards your next free month. There is no limit on the amount of credit that you can earn. But uh, with that being said here, with no more questions at the moment, uh, looking ahead to tomorrow, if you guys are building lineups throughout the day, question pops in your head, drop it in the Office Hours channel. Let it sit there until tomorrow. Gets us a steady queue of questions to get started with for our next show here. 
But until tomorrow, take care. Good luck in your contest. I will see you all. Thanks. Bye.